Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need to get them tigers to screech and I beat them Check the flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the marbles Way in the marbles Uh, way in the marbles In the marbles Hey guys, welcome to episode 27 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. I am Ethan. You can find me on Twitter at VivaLaEthan. And my name's Soda. You can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. Man, let me tell you jammed packed action-packed episode but before we get started 27 who is the one driver or car that sticks out in your mind when you think 27 we were we were talking before we started recording and one just popped in my head just now uh the most iconic 27 to me when i was a kid honestly it might be junior johnson Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the old yellow number 27 Ford yeah. that he had. Um, just because I had the die cast. Oh, there you go. I had the little RCCA die cast, the little ones that came out in the early 90s and the little white boxes. I had those because a local gas station sold them. For some reason, mm-hmm. I have no idea why this local gas station sold all these things, but they sold the, the late 80s cars, the... Bush series cars and those uh, vintage cars like where you get a Ralph Earnhardt and Elmo Langley and all these guys and these, these little 164 scale packs. And they were like $2, maybe two or $3, something like that. Oh, wow. Oh, I stocked up on them, but I believe it was Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, or I think Banjo Matthews also drove a 27 back then. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson is definitely one. Other than that, Tim Richmond. That's that's the that's a real big one to me because I had that diecast too. Yeah, it's always <laughs> Tim Richmond is always a good selection for anything. How about you? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. Every time I think of the number twenty seven, I think of me. You even. Yes. That's my favorite <laughs> number. So every single racing game, I'm always the twenty seven and Except here recently, I changed to the number 53 for obvious reasons. Uh, So now I'm all about number 53. But uh, 27, I love that number. Kind of not NASCAR related, but when I was a senior in high school, I actually won my Homecoming King Award or uh, whatever. What what is that? Like Not like an award, but uh, Homecoming King. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I still got the crown and the basketball and everything. And it was on January 27th, 2012. <laughs> and ever since then, 27 has been my number. So, uh, but if I'm thinking about NASCAR, uh, I have to go Paul Menard because he's the one driver in history that has way more races 
under that 27 number. Uh, he's had 252 races with one win. Uh, not the stellar, not not a stellar career with the 27, but he definitely has the most starts with it. Jimmy Spencer's won in it too, in a McDonald's car. Uh, he's won twice. He's twice in it, or was it, yep. it was both in the 27? Yes. Oh. I remember he won a Pepsi 400 in the 27. Other than that, I don't remember. Yep. Do you want to hear some stats? Sure. All right. So the number 27 in NASCAR has had 1,171 races, has 227 top fives, 398 top tens, 671 top 20s, 45 poles, and 52 wins. Who's the most? I'm really surprised you don't know this. It's uh, our old good old friend, Rusty Wallace. Oh, God. Rusty drove the 27. What in the world? I just got him so mixed in with the two. I completely forgot he won the championship in the 27. He did, yeah. He uh, he wow. had 18 wins. I'm so Junior Johnson had 13 wins. And, you know, we have, like, legends like Biddy Parsons, uh, mm. Donnie Allison, Donnie Allison, yes. Donnie Allison, that was the... The 27 was the die cast that he was offering at Talladega signed for $110. That's amazing because all three of those legends uh, all have five respectful uh, wins in 27. Was it all for Junior Johnson? The 27 was a Junior Johnson car, I believe, right? So, so Donnie and everybody, they all drove for Junior. Uh, maybe not in the 80s. Because I know Junior was the 11 and 12. But Junior yeah. got the 27 back in the 90s. Because Jimmy right. Spencer drove for Junior Johnson in McDonald's car. Didn't he? What, and I, am, am I wrong in thinking that? No, you're right. I, yeah, but Junior Johnson has... So I'm, these are stats strictly for the 27 car. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, all those people I just listed as uh, Donnie Allison, Kelly Arbrough, uh, Paul Bernard even has a win. Uh, Tim Richmond has two wins in the uh, in the 27. Jimmy Spencer has two wins. Yeah, uh, Tim Richmond jumped to the 25. That's where he got most of his success, the Hendrick yeah. car. Yep, for sure. Man, we had a wild weekend. Oh, my goodness, did we ever. <laughs> so right off the top, we have one person locked in. Yes. For the championship four. And of course, it's got to be Joey Logano. Got to be Joey Logano. Uh, Chastain almost had it. Almost, almost had it. He got passed with two to go, but he almost had it. He almost got it. Did, did he get passed for the lead? Yeah. For two laps ago? Did he? Yep. Okay. I don't remember that part, I guess. Oh, yeah. They were racing right, right there at the end of it. They were racing for it. I think coming to two to go, he was getting passed. You know, we definitely saw some great racing, but you know what was better than the race? Hmm. <laughs> Good old rowdy energy at nine forty-five at night when I have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. So let's go. Yeah, so I have some of those in the fridge. I am not opening them tonight. I had one this morning. When I wake up at three ten every morning to get ready to go to work, I need those things. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. I have another one in, in the fridge. <laughs> I'll be taking full advantage of that tomorrow morning. So the top three this weekend. You have which with the third place amazes me because he's even spun out half hey, the race and he's still come back and finished third. Talent is talent. 
Yeah, he uh, that, that amazes me because all of a sudden up there at the end of the race, I see him up there racing for the win. I'm like, dang, okay then. Just he's yeah. not going to take anything lying down. He's going to try as best he can right here at the end of his uh, Joe Gibbs career. Yeah, he definitely wants to be the 200th winner for Joe Gibbs Racing, so his face is plastered all over JGR for the rest of eternity. So that's pretty cool, huh. and I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, better than you know, plastered on their tweets apparently because it's not being there. Um, Ooh, have you seen that? Segway, yeah, I saw his response. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't actually notice it uh, because when I saw the initial uh, picture and what I think what you're referring to is there is a picture that Joker Tracing posted. There's four pictures, I guess. Four pictures. Mm -hmm. uh, one of uh, Martin Tricks Jr., Denny Hamlin. Christopher Bell and Kyle Busch. However, Denny Hamlin had a had a really nice front view of his face, and he, you know he had the cool effects and stuff. Uh, Truex, or was it Bell had the profile? Yeah, Christopher Bell had the profile picture where you know it was the side of his face, and he had cool effects yeah. on that picture. Hamlin as well. and Bell looked like they were posed. Oh, for sure. Truex, they got him from the back. He just looked like he was in the shot when they took a picture of the car. Yeah. And they made dang sure Kyle Busch wasn't nowhere near that car when they took that picture. How incredibly <laughs> petty. It's petty. It's so petty. <laughs> My goodness. How just how weird is that? Uh, somebody, there was a fan on Twitter that, oh, and I don't have the tweets right in front of me, but said something about, uh, you know, I have didn't it. get. Oh, okay. I have cool. it. I, uh, I uh, saved it. I gotta get my album. Ah, come on, guys, work, work with me. <sighs> Talking to my pictures like they're guys. Um, Hamlin frontal shot. Bell profile is from Edward Senior. Um, Hamlin frontal shot. Bell profile. Truex Junior. Can't see his face. Bush is he even in the picture. <laughs> and uh, and Kyle Bush replies, "Like yeah, it's been that way all year long." Oh, there it is. Locked and loaded, ready for 2023. RCR Chevrolet, that number eight. I am so excited, and I know he is too. I think it's just absolutely hilarious. Um, Real quick, before we get into the big thing that happened this week, because the end of this race made a little thing with Kyle Busch and Ross Chastain. I don't yeah. think there was nothing to that. I no. kind of feel like Ross Chastain was he was up high and Kyle Bush was going for second and doing everything he could. And he was trying to stick his nose between Chastain's car and the wall and there wasn't no room there. And they oh, just I mean, kind of come. Yeah, I mean, that, barely. If there I was mean, room. He, came up. <laughs> he definitely came up, Soda. Uh, he didn't come up that much. He was already oh, running high. Have you seen the onboard footage through Kyle Bush's? Well, he was coming up onboard? off the corner. Like you, you swing up to the wall and come down off the corner. You don't keep the low line all the way through the corner and off the exit of the corner. I mean, well, you take your line. Yeah, you know, he was can't. Excessive. He can't. He couldn't last lap for second place, dude. You're I gonna mean, throw a I'm block gonna if he is doing that. You're gonna throw a block, but it ain't like he come up and chopped him off into the wall. I no, I, I get so so. Let me just say this. <laughs> I I completely get. Uh, Ross Chastain being in that mindset of, dude, I if I can't win this race, 
I have to finish that. Yeah, Kyle's so not in the championship. Ross is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No, Ross Chastain did not come up and chop him. No, he didn't, you know, put him in the wall purposely. No, he didn't give him no room. Ours. I will give you that. He did not give him any room, and he wasn't planning on giving him any room. Are we talking about the whole the entire season or just right. on that the, final, the final lap? lap? Oh, well, okay. I was talking about the whole season. Um, so uh no, I don't think there's anything about that. I mean I don't even Yeah, I think Ross I don't even know why Kyle was so upset at the end of the race. I don't think he really was upset. I think he was just like, Hey dude, what what the heck? You know, and he just kinda he just you know, ran him off of pit road. And Chastain, he tries so hard after all this stuff goes down and people are trying to like run him around and stuff like that. He tries so hard not to not to touch anybody after that. It's so right. funny. Like he went out of his way to not put Hamlin to the wall when I think he should have a gateway. And he went out right. of his way to not have Kyle Busch run him over on the racetrack after the race. Like he's slamming on brakes, moving way up the track. He's just staying the heck away from everybody. It's like, I don't want nobody to touch me. I don't want nothing. No points are getting taken away from me. I am fine. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. hilarious because it sure doesn't happen with everybody. What? <laughs> Foreshadowing. The uh, big story this week, and there's layers to the story that I'm not going to go into. You can read the layers as you want to, but I'm not going into the layers of the story. But Basically, what happened on the racetrack, Kyle Larson, mid-race, everybody's running up front. This is all up front, top five. You know, between Larson, Bubba Wallace, and Christopher Bell, all top five. They're all taking their turns in the top five here. And Larson comes off the corner a little hot, a little, well, little I mean, wide. He, he, was, he was definitely trying to, you know, uh, past Kevin Harvick and Bubba mm -hmm. Wallace in the same turn. Yeah, he was trying to get him in the middle and it got tight on him. He lost the grip due to a car being on the inside and right on his door. He lost the grip, slid up the track a little bit. He didn't, he didn't really touch Bubba Wallace. He never touched Bubba Wallace. But I know from that perspective, you're that guy on the outside. They don't have to touch you. The air alone right. no. will push you right up the track. It's just like have you ever been on a uh, on an interstate, seventy five miles an hour, seventy miles, whatever, whatever you're doing? People around here go eighty. You ever get on the interstate and you're passing a semi truck on oh, the left? Yeah. When you get halfway around that halfway around that truck, all of a sudden it tries to suck you into the side of the truck. Yeah, that's absolutely that's the air coming off the front of the truck, and it created a vacuum where your car is right there. And it tries to pull your car towards the vacuum area that's right beside the truck. That's why you have to try to steer away from the truck when you pass it a little bit. That's I'm not even talking about being behind it. It's just when you're beside something like that, especially these cars going this fast, when the air is magnified the way it is, and it's moving in so many different directions that's specifically designed to do, you have air doing all sorts of crazy stuff. You don't have to touch nobody out there. Not at all. You just have to get exactly where you, and they know they're professionals. They know how to do this. They all know how to do this. Get exactly where you want that car to be, where it messes up the guy beside you without touching them. They, they have perfected this. They've been doing this for ever since Arrow was a thing in NASCAR, maybe for the last 30 years. 
Yeah, definitely. Like uh, what you're explaining is called the wake mm-hmm. of the air. And they were talking about it on the broadcast all weekend long of how big of an issue, you know, getting in somebody else's wake really upsets the race car. So imagine you're setting out a, uh, let's say like a, an intersection waiting to turn and a semi passes you going 50 miles an hour. And like everybody knows that, like how that, how your car shifts, you know, or it doesn't have to be necessarily a semi, but like a big truck or something. Uh, when they pass you and you're kind of sitting still, it's kind of the same thing, except at 100, 185 miles an hour while pretty much racing on ice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of what happened. So pretty much to break it down a little bit, a step further, uh, going down the back straightaway, Kevin Harvick and Bubba Wallace were side by side. Kyle Kyle Larson had a huge run because he, he ran the high side on turn one and two. Gave him a whole bunch of momentum. He got the uh, he he got the air, the draft off of Bubba Wallace down the back straightaway. He turns left and passes both of them. He has to he has to send it into that turn to clear Kevin Harvick. If he doesn't clear Kevin Harvick, he loses all that mm-hmm. momentum, and it's going to take him ten plus laps to get it back. So what he does, he goes and uh, throws it down in turn three. Gets past the four, comes up, and like I said, th- like the NASCAR tires are nothing like what we have on our on our everyday car. There's no grip there, so it's like racing on ice. So you're gently trying to catch your car before it snaps left on you or snaps right on you. You know, so you're just uh, just ooh, you know just trying to just make it through that turn. It got a little bit too uh, tight for him. And he chased it up. He never touched Bubba Wallace, but Bubba Wallace got in that wake. And that wake made Bubba Wallace's car go like super tight. Almost like uh almost like losing power steering in a way. Yeah, he Uh, just had no control over it off the corner. No control. Slams that wall. Not hard enough that would end his day. But he hits the wall. Obviously, he wasn't very happy with it, if you want to say what happened next well um first off real quick i i kind of am uh, at the mindset that i don't think it's the tires that have no grip on this car because these tires are wider and bigger than they have been i think it's more just the car doesn't have the downforce that it used to have period you know what i mean i think because yeah i mean i can see that just uh, something that popped out to me, the, you know, when you were talking, it's like, well, the tires are bigger and wider. They should have more grip. But if you're going to take away all the downforce, and yeah, it probably doesn't have any grip because that's what they did with this car. Right. They took away all the stuff like that. But um, that's the idea of it, though, is to make them drive harder, make them harder to yeah. drive. I mean, so hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Harder to yeah. drive. So bring. That's why they're spinning out every week. They, even the top guys are spinning out. Like Ryan Blaney spun out this week and hit the wall out of nowhere. Just, of course, he right. does that every other week, it seems like. But, yeah. So, Bubba Wallace decides that he's going to take an exception to the fact that Kyle Larson got tied underneath him and never touched him. And chased him all the way down to the grass on the front straightaway, they're going wide open in turn one. So they're probably about 175 or so by now, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yep. And hooks them in the right rear. 
and this is a trial so there's no good way of describing how awful of a look that is oh horrible you turn some i have seen people get turned like that at a place like charlotte and die yeah out of uh wasn't no, it alexander died that way well, please, Alexander. Yeah. That's exactly him and Carrie awesome. Earnhardt got into it like that, where they were near the grass, yep. and Carrie clipped them in the right rear, and Blaze went headfirst to the wall and died. And that was in an Arca car, which has way less downforce and uh, not nearly as fast as Cup cars back then. Well, and especially like right now, when you're driving a car that the previous person that just got finished driving it just retired from a head injury because of these new cars and how stiff they are you have another right. guy that's out right now replaced by noah gregson with a head injury it's at the front of everybody's mind right now on these cars and you're gonna turn somebody head first into the wall like that if Christopher Bell had not been there, which that's another thing, he took out a Toyota championship contender, a teammate. If Chris, Christopher Bell had not been there to kind of slow that impact down a little bit, can you imagine Kyle Larson slamming the wall driver's side first like that? Oh, I don't even want to think about it, honestly. Like, that's horrendous. They, they're getting concussions by backing into the wall too hard. And it isn't even that hard. Not even. Just, mm. we were all, I think the, the worst part about it is he gets out and he gets mad at Kyle Larson and starts to try to fight him. And Kyle Larson did the best thing he could do is just, just stay away from me. He let, just let him show. He's like, I don't want a part of it. Just threw his hands up, try to, get, try to stay away from him. So I, a big shout out to my friend uh, David for letting me come over and watch the race for the last few weeks. Uh, I was over at David's house and I saw all this happen uh, I saw Bubble get out of the car, and I said, "Watch! I bet he throws hands. I bet he's gonna he's gonna walk over there and punch him in the face." Uh, I'm talking about mm -hmm. Bubba Wallace punching Kyle Larson in the face. Uh, he goes over there, and the the closer he got, the more I was like, "Well, maybe not. Maybe he's like, hey, you know, whatever." I'm gonna argue. And then yeah. as soon as he dropped, yeah, as soon as he dropped his helmet, I said, "Oh, here we go!" and I didn't know what was going on because he pushed him and then he, like he went to one knee. And I was, I think he yeah, slipped, he slipped. On, you know, whatever. And I was like, what on earth? But yeah, so after the, you know, after Bubba Wallace uh, turns, you know, right hooks Kyle Larson's head first into the wall, not head first, but driver's side first into the wall. Uh, thank God Christopher Bell was there because I think that would have been a whole lot more catastrophic if he wasn't mm -hmm. there. Uh, he gets out of, and this is on the front straightaway. So, like, the crowd, the fans are right there watching all of this. Bubba Wallace gets out of his car and walks, I would say, about 100 yards, maybe, maybe, I don't know, 50, 50 yards or so, over to Kyle Larson and doesn't, he throws his helmet down, throws his hands up, and it just almost attacks him by physically pushing him several times kyle you can see kyle larson saying dude what on earth are you doing it was an error okay happens literally every single lap of every single race uh i feel like if you if this was on it like a main street of charlotte north carolina 
or insert city name here, mm-hmm. he would be in handcuffs. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. It's that's kind of like, how racing is everywhere, though, right? I mean, right. I mean, how many times at your local track do you see them kind of get into it on the track a little bit? Oh, every and week. then they're just there's nothing that comes out of it. Nobody's taken to jail. You know, you sign your little waiver to go into the pits and stuff like that on purpose. You know, there's a yeah. reason why you sign that little waiver, and I'm sure they're the same way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, granted, you can't take things too far. I mean, if you know, but Watson brought out a knife or something. That'd been a little oh, different, right? So somebody be going to going to jail. I'm just saying, yeah. it's it's like wrestling, right? You know, it's yeah, like, hit him with a chair. Don't hit him with a sword or a knife. You know, right? Exactly. I mean, this kind of goes back to Kyle Busch and Joey Logano at the exact same racetrack back in 2017. After you know, there, I believe it was the same situation. Joey Logano got really tight underneath Kyle Busch, ran him up, spun him out after the race. Kyle Busch gets out of his car on pit road. Walks, does not say a word. He, you know, he's not saying, come on, guys, come on, come with me. Kyle Busch gets out of his car very calmly, walks down to uh, the 22 pit pit box, sees Joey Logano, walks up to Joey Logano, acts like he's going to talk to him, throws a haymaker. <laughs> and then the entire 22 pit crew jumps on Kyle Busch, you know, all that stuff. That's completely beside the point. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, you know what? It's such a bad look, I think. And if you want to talk about the penalties that Bubba Wallace received. Well, first, the uh, you're talking about the bad look and being right there on the front straightaway. You could tell by the fan reaction. Oh, my God. Because at first, people were, like, cheering, you know, because they're about to see something that you don't see all the time right there in front of them. So you get caught up in the moment. You see oh, everybody's yeah. okay. Bo Wallace is walking out of his car and he's mad and he's walking with a purpose. Kyle Larson's out of his car and he's looking everything over and he's dejected. Right. You see everybody's okay. So now you're seeing this dude walk to this other driver with a purpose. It's like, we're about to see a fight or something. Something's right. about to happen. So now you can hear it in the crowd. The excitement level oh, yeah. of something you know happening is, is kind of going through the crowd. And when it starts... And Kyle Larson doesn't want nothing to do with it. And Bubba's just being a bully after he's the one that, that wrecked him, which like, like he didn't make his point. I mean, he made more than his points worth right there. You know, when he turned right. to the wall, you could hear the booze. Oh yeah. I think Bubba Wallace really, really damaged his reputation. Right. Oh, here. I will tell you, I, now it's very rare that I get on Twitter and I see my timeline or timeline, my Twitter feed mm-hmm. full of NASCAR talk because I have way more pro wrestling followers and, and people that enjoy pro wrestling over NASCAR. I always see tons of pro wrestling stuff. I never rarely see NASCAR stuff. I'll tell you what, even Jordan Cassatt and uh, Zach, uh, handsome Zach on Twitter, even they were, you know, talking about the fight. So, I mean, it's like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, everybody was talking about this. And, I mean, it, it got on GMA. It got on uh, what? It's, uh, like t- today's news or morning news or something. Like, I mean, it was like national conversation. Like, how embarrassing, you know, like Bubba Wallace, you know, he, he's, he doesn't say he has a chip on his shoulder. 
But then, like, he walks around like he has a chip on his shoulder. You know, he gets so much attention for being the only African-American, you know, NASCAR Cup Series driver. Mm -hmm. And it's something that he takes really proudly. And I'm so happy that he does because we need more diversity in NASCAR, for sure. We need more drama. We need more things like this. But we certainly do not need people right-hooking people headfirst into the wall when we have so much head trauma, head injury conversation right now. I mean, honestly, if he would have turned him to the inside, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation. Oh, not a chance. Who cares? Yeah, if he because they were already in the grass anyway, just about. If he had just turned him to the inside like that, he would have spun out through the grass, did a couple of 360s, probably not even come out of the racetrack. He probably would have kept it off pit road, kept away from the wall. You know, I mean, if he would have spun him fast enough, yeah, like he did on the front straightaway through the grass, and we wouldn't be having this. He might not even be penalized right now. You know what really bothers me is the fact that. So before I get into that, let me ask you about the penalty that uh, Denny Hamlin, that Bubba Wallace received because of this situation. What's your take on it? Is it is it good enough? Was it a fair? punishment or was it that did it leave more to desire i feel like it's half as good as it should have been i think it should have been two races instead of one he got okay. suspended one race i feel i feel like it should have been at least two races minimum two races so this is by far the funniest thing there is no monetary fine for this <laughs> there's no points fine it's a one race suspension. Let me let me run down memory lane for everybody. Back in I believe was it 2000 2011, Kyle Busch was racing in a truck series race at Texas Motor Speedway when 15 laps into the race, he dumps Ron Hornaday, who was a championship contender, made him under caution. <laughs> this, mean, that was rough, man. That was a rough. That was that was a moment for a Kyle Busch fan like myself. I'm sorry, the Kyle Busch fan like myself. That I watched that happen live on TV, and I said, "Ooh, yeah, ooh, golly." Might not man. see him for a week or two. And you know what's funny about that is, uh, back with that old schedule, it went Texas, Martinsville, Homestead. That was the end of the season. So. Kyle Busch got suspended from the truck series race, uh, racing and Xfinity. He got suspended the whole weekend. He was told to go home. He couldn't oh, race. Any that's that right. Yeah, yeah. He was, but, but he came back for cup series, Martinsville and Homestead. He was not invited back to the truck series for the rest of that season. He was not invited back to Xfinity for the rest of that season. He was fined, I think 200, $200,000. Uh, I and, think the difference there. Is that that was wasn't that the points leader he did that to? No, he was just Ron a, Hornaday, wasn't that Ron Hornaday was a, was in the points. I don't think yeah, he was he was a championship contender, but I don't think he was the point standings leader at that moment. Let's see. But, and he wasn't doing anything to hurt him, he just wanted to take him out. Because right. Hornaday had the brakes just on the whole time. You know, just trying not to get spun out by him. And he does he gets turned right to the wall. He wasn't trying to hurt Ron Hornaday. Right. It looked like Bo Wallace was trying to hurt Kyle Larson. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, Bubba Wallace sits here and says, oh, I wasn't trying to hurt him. It doesn't matter, dude. He like, said the we, steering broke. Can you believe that crap? 
I, so I, yeah, definitely getting to that part. Uh, you know, we just watched Alex Bowman. What looked like, obviously, from the outside car view, it looks like he just gently backs it up into the wall. But I mean, when you look at the cockpit view, you can see how violent his head hits. But if he's been sidelined for three weeks because of that incident, could you imagine, like, if Christopher Bell wasn't there? It, it could have been in his career. It could have been, like, yeah. I would say it could have been the end of his life. It might have been. It's just it's a nasty look. It was a nasty way to do it. Um, there's a, I, I did see a lot of people on Twitter say that this guy did this and he only got this this kind of a fine or he right. didn't get suspended. This guy didn't get suspended. Try, I don't know if they're trying to play a race card or something like, oh, look, they're they're doing this to him, but they didn't do it to all these other people, all the white drivers. Like, right. okay, look, I understand that some people want to push an agenda like that. Sure. I completely understand that. Okay. He is the only African-American in, in NASCAR right now, NASCAR Cup Series. There's more on the way. There's some in the lower divisions. There's women yes. in the lower divisions. I can't wait. Let's get all these people up there. It's going to be awesome. But you you got to take an account that not all of these retaliation things are equal. Right. It's one thing to bump somebody on pit road or spin somebody out under caution. It's another thing to hook somebody headfirst into a wall on the front straightaway going 180 miles an hour. Yeah. It's 100%. Just, I think NASCAR was too easy on them. Oh, see, that brings up a great point. I absolutely feel like Bubba Wallace should be sitting in his mansion wherever he lives thinking, wow, I got away with a bank robbery. With, with, with me personally, it would have been see you next year. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if four just more imagine, races, just, you're gone. Just just don't don't come back. Just imagine if Kyle Busch did that. You know, like that's that's crazy, right? Oh. Just because of the reputation that Kyle Bush has given himself. Well, you saw Kyle Bush's penalties, didn't you? Oh, yeah. He did it's his crew chief, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, he, that was his last race with the crew chief. Yes, Ben I mean, Bichor, <laughs> which I mean, thank God, because whew, I mean <laughs> see a Ben Bishore. Bishore, Ben Bishore. Uh so let me let's let's break it down for the for the listeners here. So Kyle Bush during the race, during the very eventful race, uh, after a pit stop, his pit crew did not get a tire on tight enough with NASCAR having these one lug nut tires. If those tires come detached, which Kyle Bush's did, it's an automatic four race suspension. That's one month suspension for the crew chief, for the Jackman, for the tire changer. That's three people. And two, well, I'm, I'm sorry. The crew chief is sitting on the, the war box, or the, I'm sorry, the pit box, watching. He's yeah, not, not even, even touching the tire. Yeah. He's not even touching the tire. Oh, and, and money. Don't forget about all that money they have to pay. And they have an extreme amount of money that they have to pay uh extreme for us you know us poor people you know not kyle bush kyle bush can like a year's salary for some of us i mean Uh, yeah so not more so you have a monetary fine you have three people getting suspended 
But then you have a race car driver who is going to right hook someone head first into a, a wall at 185. And he gets a week off. And he gets a week one race suspension. No monetary fine. There's no suspension besides Bubba Wallace. I mean, it's unreal. If I was NASCAR, uh, and, and this has nothing to do with Bubba Wallace, the, the race car. I mean, this is all to do with Bubba Wallace, the race car driver, not Bubba Wallace, the person. Bubba Wallace, the race car driver, would be setting out for the rest of the season. He would have like a two hundred thousand dollar fine. What what sucks about it is that he broke so many rules. Mm-hmm. If you get caught up in a in a wreck, or if you have to get out of your vehicle, you immediately have to enter the the ambulance because there's cars. Just a couple weeks ago, that pick that at Talladega, that pit crew member for Haley Diggins truck team. Ran out and took up a uh, a spare tire that or a tire that rolled out into the infield. Yes, that was under the green flag. That was a horrible, horrible mistake. Bubba Wallace, Rex. Now, obviously, this is still under yellow flag. So, I mean, they're not the cars are not racing as fast, but I mean the cars are still out there. He uh-huh. has cars coming down pit road, so he is surrounded by cars, and he is he's physically like pushing the official away. Don't touch me. Leave me alone. I'm mad. Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. He's walking on pit road where there are race cars. You talk about it being under caution. Juan Montoya blew up a jet engine under caution at Daytona. Yeah. Um, Steve Park's career ended under caution at Darlington. Yep. I mean, it isn't like it's the safest place in the world, even under caution. You just... Yeah, you can't. You just can't do the stuff he did. That's Bubba just Wall- one part of it. Yeah, I mean, there is so. I mean, he. So for one, he right hooks someone mm-hmm. into the wall. So there's suspension for the rest of the season. I don't care if that's Daytona 500 and whatever. Like, if I'm NASCAR, you're suspended for the rest of the for the rest of the freaking season. So there's suspension number one. Number two, you physically. You you get physical with another competitor. That's suspension number two. Well, I feel like that's fine. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. A, like, yeah, for sure. I don't suspend for the rest of the year, but I figured that's money. You go sure. put your hands on another driver. That's money. Yeah, we can even we. Can, I I'm down for that. You know, if you want to go punch someone in the face, let's go. You know, let, let's boys have at him. Okay, I'll take that back. So monetary fine for that. Then you physically push a, an official away, saying, "Dude, just leave me alone. I'm I'm mad. I, I'm PO'd. I'm whatever." I saw that. You I'm like, push an official. That's that suspension, in my opinion. Then you got uh, uh, not willing to get in the ambulance, which is a policy for NASCAR. There's suspension number three. And then you're walking on the racetrack on pit road while there's cars on pit road. There's absolutely suspension. That's, I mean, if that if that was a crew member, last you know a couple weeks ago, they got their hard card taken. Mm-hmm. They got escorted off the. Why didn't Bubba Wallace get that? Like, <sighs> I am so Bubba Wallace is a doofus. He's an idiot. Like, I am so. Uh, <laughs> 
And it really sucks because Bubba Wallace races for Denny Hamlin, who Denny Hamlin has been extremely vocal about driver safety. Yeah. <laughs> Bubba and Wallace, what is this driver to? <laughs> Bubba Wallace is driving the 45 car that Kurt Busch was driving before he had a massive concussion, which ultimately ended his full-time racing career. He's sitting in the same race car that Kurt Busch literally had his career ended. And and you want to do all this. You're an idiot. You're never going to be an ambassador for NASCAR, and I hope you never win another race. I am so anti-Bubba Walls, and it really sucks that I have a a race version. Kansas yeah, you had a podcast on the way. <laughs> I I I got to go watch Bubba Wallace, and now I have to sit there and look at it in my collection. I oh man, you know what? Joey Logano is not looking too bad no more. Bubba Wallace, I think, is the dumbest, the most. I mean, every ever since that Texas thing with Ron Hornaday, everyone's like Kyle Busch needs anger management. Ooh. You know, and Kyle Bush is probably sitting at home like, hey yo, I uh I ain't I ain't in this one. Like he's probably sitting back with his feet propped up saying, Where's the popcorn? Because this is fun to be on this side, not the other side. Yeah, we've been kind of we've been kind of back and forth on Bubba Wallace all year long. We started off I I definitely start off with the fact that he is the most overrated driver in NASCAR. 100%. Based on the attention he gets and his performance, when his only win came at a rain short in Talladega, which I mean, I mean, how many people have I gotten their only win their whole career at Talladega? Right, and it wasn't even rain shortened. You know, just it's like it's like it was like giving Justin Haley the uh, attention for his Daytona win. Right, nobody even remembers that. Do you? No. Do you remember what year that was? No. 2020 but no one you know nobody else knows that <laughs> i see i couldn't tell you nobody right. nobody even brings it up the only point of contention was well what if he's uh now he's eligible for the chase you know if he commits to this championship and all that at the time i was like well he wasn't going to because he was full-time right. xfinity but that was the big point of it right then like this is the bad part about the the playoff system because somebody can randomly back their way into the playoffs by winning a rain shortened race at one of these big tracks and all of a sudden they're in the top sixteen at the end of the year. Right. You know, and but nobody beyond that little talking point, nobody talks about him there. Like they don't even bring that up now when he's actually starting to run in the top top ten or twelve. Right. I mean, he's doing pretty good right now. He is. He's a good little race car driver. I don't know why I said little, but I mean, he's <laughs> kind of short guy. He's just a short guy. Uh, it's funny, but for with the exception of just a few of them, pretty much they all they are pretty much little short guys. They are. I, I, I would have fit right in. Chase Briscoe is like a giant. I, mean, oh, well, yeah. I know this. Like I guess the exception of a few. Michael Waltrip was like that too. He's like six something. Actually, Kyle Busch and I are the exact same height. Uh, I'm. I think Mark Martin's smaller than me. I think that's the only one. I think Mark Martin's smaller than everybody. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. It's, you're only like five three or something. I am five five. Don't oh, okay. making me smaller than I am. Five five. Speaking of five three, you need to um watch yourself with my race car number. Why? 
That's my race car number, 53. Well, I know it's your race car number. That's why I started using it, because it's also the logo of our podcast. Do I need to make a new logo with a 27 on it? No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. No, Pay attention now. I love it. That is my it's my shout out to you, brother. If, if we're in a race together, you change your number. I'm just saying. Oh well, yeah, twenty seven is gonna <laughs> definitely be the backup number for sure. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with this Bubble Wallace thing? I think we kind of exhausted it. Oh man, I'll tell you, I have I could go for days, but uh, no, Kyle Petty. Believe it or not, I'm gonna say something I never thought I'd say. I agree 100 percent with Kyle Petty. Uh, he was on, I think it's called Motor Mouths. Um, and talking about it, and he pretty much said exactly what we said, uh, way better uh, dialogue than what we did. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I, uh, it's, it's tough. It's a really, really tough thing, a situation to, to, to watch when, you know, it's your sport and I don't know, Bubba Wallace needs to grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my point I was trying to make before I got sidetracked was we were, I think we were evolving with Bubba Wallace through the year. Right. Because at the beginning of this show, we were both adamantly on the side of him being really overrated and really didn't understand why he was getting so much attention when he doesn't warrant it on the racetrack. Right. And then he started running pretty good. Kurt Busch did it first. And I think that 23 team started pulling from that with the way Kurt Busch was running and all of a sudden they start getting better and you saw them run in the top five a few times. Right. And then they just straight up got that win at Kansas. There wasn't no backing into that one at all. That was, that was all them. They got that win. It was the 45 team, but still it was Bubba Wallace. He got that win. And so we kind of both were on the point of, it's like, well, and I, I even said it at one point, we're going to have to just admit the fact that he's a really good restricted plate racer. And this incident here, it just pulls so much of that away from him. All the, all of the respect that he's worked so hard to gain through the year of him being, in our opinions, overrated based on what he does on the racetrack to being, Maybe he's just a little overrated for all the publicity he gets, but he's starting to run in the top five and top 10 more consistently. So like I told you the other week at Talladega, bubble all stuff was everywhere. Right. Well, nobody buying it, but his stuff was everywhere. You go to the Talladega track uh, trailer, you know, the Talladega merchandise trailer. The only drivers you had in there were Chase Elliott and Bubba Wallace. Everything else was Talladega Super Speedway. Right. I understand Chase Elliott. That mess was everywhere. That, that Everybody was wearing Chase Elliott stuff. Maybe a tenth of that was Bubba Wallace. Maybe a tenth. Maybe less than that. Yeah. He just... I saw more Dale Earnhardt and Dale Jr. stuff than Bubba Wallace. Oh, for sure. You know, and that's... How long ago was that? How long ago was that eight Budweiser on the, on the racetrack? Seven. Yeah, I'm just saying. He's <coughs> anyway. I think that's pretty much all we need to say about it. Unless you got anything else, that's no I'm good. Let me ask one question though: If mm-hmm. you're Michael Jordan and you see that, is are you gonna fire him 
or what's what's your punishment if you're Michael Jordan? I would have. You can't really. It's it's hard to say. Just fire them. I guess it depends on how John Hunter Nemechek does in that forty five car this week. No joke. I'm keeping it on the table. Yeah. I mean, I I am keeping that on the table. You can't just fire him because when there's so many of these contracts around and you, you got to have somebody else lined up and all this kind of stuff and sponsors are with certain people, but I am keeping that in the front of my mind, watching John Hernemichek drive that 45 car. I absolutely agree with you. I, I was setting you up. I was going to hope that you were going to say that you were going to fire him. Uh, I would not have fired him. I certainly will not bring him back whenever his contract is up. But unfortunately I think he just signed like what a three year deal. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a long time. So maybe I'd uh, do an RCR and and buy his contract out or something. Well, after uh, we're going to have a question right after this uh, little break here. So when we come back, we're going to answer a question that we missed from last week from Drew. And we apologize for that. But uh, right after this break, the following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast. Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists that take them to the next level, then I've got a favor to ask of you. Come check out my podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. Each episode, I sit down and talk to figure customizers, figure photographers, set builders, figure collectors, podcasters, and even pro wrestlers. Just search out Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shot wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you'll join me next time right here on Pulling Up a Chair. So last week, we actually missed this question, dude. Yeah. My fault. I was doing them by memory. I didn't write them down. I was like, I can remember those questions. That's my fault too. I I, I totally forgot about this one as well. Well, I think we'll have the same answer. Honestly. What is the most common misconception about NASCAR? Another left turn. Yeah. Oh, golly, man. Just a bunch of rednecks going around in circles. Jeez Louise. So, uh, like, see, I'm already working myself into shoot with this whole bubble. Um, It really bothers me profusely how people will sit there and say, oh, I just, yeah, well, I mean, it's just turning left. I can do that in the minivan. How hard is that? You're just making a bunch of left turns. Yeah, yeah. totally, right? There's not, like, you know, you're not hitting the same G-forces as astronauts. Let's not, you know, let's not worry about that. Let's not worry about the fact that, you know, your tires have no groove in them. You know, you don't have, you know, it's like, Imagine going and taking the car off the tire off your car and using sandpaper until it's nice and smooth, and then running, you know, at a 28 degree banking, trying to keep it, you know, straight and not back it into the fence. There's so much to, to racing, not just NASCAR, but like racing, dirt racing, uh, NHRA, NASCAR, all of this. Like, it's unbelievable. And for the people that, you know, consider NASCAR just turning left, you know, after left, after left. Like, I get it, but at the same time, like, you are so simple-minded, it's not even funny. So, 
I want to talk about this whole left hand turn thing for a little bit. Um, why? I, I, I'm just curious to know your opinion on on the things. Since I got my opinions on why things are the way they are, why they've always been this way for the past seventy or eighty years, however long racing's been around. Why do you think, for the most part, all the ovals turn left? Why are they? Why are they big circles to the left? Well, if you ask Daryl Waltrip, it's because the something vortex, the weather vortex or something. <laughs> well, it, won't it work on the right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they run to... they run uh, clockwise in Australia I on think... their their circle tracks. So now I don't know. Like that's a really good. Uh, so is your question why do they turn left instead yeah. of like why do they? Why turn are we right? turning left in a circle? I think Ooh, I have the answer. I don't. That's a. I think it's the way the cars are, because all in our country, the cars, uh, their steering wheels are on the left side. So if you're turning left, then that means your, the the driver, is not going to be up against the wall, or in harm's way if something fails on the car. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if they can spin out and get broadsided. But right. if you're turning right and you're the driver's on the left side of the car in a stock car and he pops a tire, what's going to happen? Right. That's going to exactly. hurt a lot worse than it would be if you have that buffer there. Yeah. Turning the other way. That's what I personally feel like why they turn left. Why do you, why do you think they keep them in a circle? Man, why are you hitting me with all these really like crazy well, it's part good of it. questions? Like it's that's, part of it, right? I've never thought of that at all. I don't know why they keep well. Ultimately, it. what is a NASCAR race? An oval. No, what what is oh. the actual race itself? Uh, marathon. Kind, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> okay, it's it's okay. it's a distance race. Right. You're not racing 500 laps. You're racing. 500 miles, miles 280 yeah. miles whatever it happens to be like at bristol it's 500 laps but there is a mileage that you go to right you know and that's the point of it it's it's the indy 500 it's the daytona 500 it's the coca-cola 600 that's how many miles you race they keep it in a circle so everybody can see it all oh wow i mean that's the whole point of it you yeah you have your road courses but even then you can't really see the whole road course unless it's involved inside of a circle like the roval yeah but you keep it in that circle like that so people can see the distance they see the entire 500 miles right there in front of them that's insane wow i don't know if i'm just super tired but i could not even imagine thinking about that right now <laughs> like why does nascar turn left well why, Why did they bank the super speedways? Why did they put the high banks at Darlington, the very first super speedway or speedway, very first asphalt speedway? Why did they put the high banks at Darlington? Because they would fly over the, the fence. Well, no, there's been flat tracks. Like New Hampshire. Oh. Yeah, there's mile, mile and a half flat tracks. They were yeah. all over the place. They put the banking up so fans could see them. Right. That's why they put the cars up on a wall, basically an asphalt wall so that the fans from the stands could actually see them through the corners. So you're that's making the whole real, point of it. You're making me look real dumb. Dude, right now. It's the history of it. It's just the history <laughs> of the sport. 
That's literally what Bill France said when he made Daytona. He said, put them up on banks. The fans can see them. That's insane. I've never thought about that. It's just, it's just things you think about when you um, talk about, it's just a bunch of left turns, a bunch of idiot red right. going around left turns. Like, well, why do they make left turns? Right. You know, why is it a circle? Why are they even banked? What's the point of the banking? They can't just run on flat track. They won't be as fast, but they can run on flat track. It'd be cheaper just to do a flat track. Why is it banked? Well, the fans can see them now. And the fans can see the entire race because it's in a circle. Yeah, right there in front of you and a distance. Such a good point, too. Um, because, like, and I, I implore everybody who's listening if you ever want to go to a NASCAR race, please come to Kansas Speedway. Kansas Speedway is the greatest mile, uh, mile and a half that we have right now. And you could, you could set in the grandstand, there's not a bad seat in the grandstand at Kansas Speedway. You can literally see how close they are to the wall, you can see how close they are to the white line down at the bottom. I mean, it's uh, go out and, and go at least once. Go to a NASCAR race and just your life will be changed. I promise you. Hey, man, um, are you ready for a giveaway? I am ready for a giveaway. Well, it's your giveaway. I'm going to let you take this, and I am not going to put this in the, in any timestamp in the description or whatever. You're going to have to listen to this to, to hear it. So yeah. I hope you're listening. So I think we had, what, 23 people entered on Twitter by uh, retweet. We had a whopping two <laughs> enter on Facebook by commenting on the OG, the original post. So I put all and those they got, they got the double entry. The Facebook yes. people got double entries. Yes, absolutely. So I put all those names because I went and looked at the retweets and I put them in a randomizer. I randomized it, and the winner of the Dale Earnhardt Sr. Funko Pop is, luckily, a good friend of the show, Mr. John Brown. Well, congratulations. John Brown. I would have just, you know, took the Funko Pop for myself, but I don't really collect Funko Pops anymore. Yeah. I, I kind of got out of it. I don't know why, but that Dale Earnhardt one, that was that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, I Thankfully, I have every single NASCAR Funko Pop that's ever been made. Those are really good autograph pieces, the Funko Pops, as far yeah. as like, you know, why well, I, I, first thing I went to was Bubba Wallace. I don't know why I did that. But like the Ugh. Dale Jr. one, the Chase Elliott one, the Richard Petty one, I have a Richard Petty one autographed in here. You do, and I'm super jealous of that. I, I mean, I didn't get it autographed. I purchased it autographed. But when I saw it and I saw the price for it, I was like, well, that's that's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so worth it because, man, I was uh, I really hope one day they make a Davy Allison. Because, man, how cool would that be? Oh, that would be off the chain. Or an Alabama Gang 5-pack. Give me an Alabama Gang 5-pack. Oh, Give me pack? a Neil Bonnet, Bobby Allison, Donnie Allison, Davy Allison, Red Farmer. With a Kyle Bush chase. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Give me a five pack with like a, you know how they do them now with like the album covers? Yeah. In the back. Give me like a mural, like a sand bass mural behind it of those five drivers in their cars and give yeah. me the five in that box with them. That's what I want. Absolutely. 
I'd pay $75, $80 for that. That's, that would be so cool. But anyway, congratulations on yes. the giveaway. And uh, we got a pretty good little bit of interaction from them. I, I like the idea of doing that on Twitter. We'll have to do that more. Definitely the most successful giveaway we've had. And the king of, of giveaways have been dethroned. Joe Rock did not win this. We've had two others before this. Joe has won both of them. <laughs> so congratulations, John Brown. Okay, this week we have Homestead. Yes. We have not been to Homestead this year. Not yet. They, for some reason, only raced at this track one time. I really like this track. I love this racetrack. It's one of the most fun tracks in a video game, too. I hate it. Uh, in the video games. <laughs> I hate it. Me and my kids will play Homestead over and over and over in a video game because Golly. you can like you you can slide and really glide through the track on the through the corners real well. You can run any line you want to through the corners. It's just it's a fun track in a video game. What what video games are you playing? Because man, I, I struggle. I still win. <laughs> don't get me wrong, because I'm a winner. But I mean, at Homestead, I struggle. You know what? The game that they play the most. Uh, with this before we got NASCAR Heat was uh, I think NAS was it NASCAR the game? Oh yeah, 2011. Yes, yeah, we have it on Xbox 360, and you know that one's not bad. That's it's it. The lighting is the worst part about it. I think the lighting has a really it's really bad. Like it's a lot of shadowy yeah. areas on the track, and it looks really bad sometimes. But as far as the gameplay. It's pretty good. I mean, it's, I don't think it's quite as good as NASCAR Heat, but that's also like two generation consoles back. Right. You know, but for what it was, I mean, I didn't even think the paint job, paint booth was better than NASCAR Heat. You could do anything you wanted to in that paint booth. They give you free roam, you know, free reign to do anything you want to on the car. Yeah. It's, you had to be more talented, but for sure. still. But that's what they play. They love Miami Homestead on there. That's a, that's their go-to track. It's I mean, it's definitely a fun racetrack to watch. So I, I implore everybody to uh, tune in this weekend. Uh, it's uh, I, I'm super excited about this race. It's the uh, Dixie Vodka 400 this Sunday, October 23rd at 1.30 p.m. on NBC at Homestead Miami Speedway. I think it was Daytona that had when I was at the Daytona 500 that year. I think it was them that had a Dixie vodka stand right outside the grandstands. Oh, what a! Oh my gosh, what, <laughs> what an idea that is! Um, I think it was them that did that. And I mean, Talladega had a bunch of stuff in the middle, but I don't know if they had Dixie. They might have had Dixie vodka. Have Have you ever had Dixie vodka? I got something from that stand. Oh, what was it your came with on? a it came with a NASCAR uh, mason jar. Oh, what? Yeah, oh, I have to I have to look for that. I don't know where jealous. it is. Did you yeah, like it, came, it? I mean, it was a cocktail. Oh, okay. so yeah. I mean, I don't. I ain't gonna drink straight vodka. That's disgusting. You gotta mix junk. You gotta mix junk <laughs> together, man. You can't drink that junk straight. <laughs> Hello, my name is Ethan, and I'm an alcoholic. No, uh, <laughs> not at all. But uh, listen, I did. I 
I took shots of this, about six shots, and it almost killed me. But the moral of the story is it goes down real smooth. Oof. The only shots of anything I've ever had has been like either a flavored moonshine or a booster. Maybe like, uh, maybe like fireball. Oh, something okay. like that. Some kind of honey whiskey or fireball whiskey or something like that. That's about the only shots I've ever had. I don't, I tend to mix my stuff with, you know, like if I get crown or, or some rum or something like that, I'll mix it with some Coke. I'm pretty sure Scott Toon's ears just perked up. <laughs> He's hearing us talk about vodka. Oh, he had fun in New Orleans, it looks like. Did he ever? And uh, and Drunk Wrestling History was there as well. They uh, weren't, but it. three hours away from me. Oh, why didn't you go and go down to NOLA? And, I'm, and I mean, I can't just you know drop everything I'm doing and drive down to New Orleans, but I oh. thought about it. Yeah, well, heck yeah. No, we had a birthday party to, for my son on Saturday, so that's what we were doing. Wait a minute. You live three hours three hours from NOLA? Uh, maybe three and a half, yeah. Bruh. Really? <laughs> that's fantastic. That's awesome. I'd be down there every single weekend. Like, let's well, party! When we realized how much fun New Orleans was, we had kids. <laughs> When we yeah. were kidsless, yeah, you know, no kids, we didn't realize how much fun New Orleans was. We actually oh. every weekend when we didn't have kids, we were focused on dirt track racing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and we weren't thinking about going off to New Orleans for the weekend. We were thinking uh, about getting the car ready for Saturday night. Yeah, that's very very true. I mean, I love all those memories, but man, I kind of wish that we had done some things while we didn't have kids for a minute. <laughs> Oh, just saying. Now you got to plan all that out. Yeah, for sure. So the picks were interesting this weekend. Very interesting. I did. I didn't do too bad with Noah Gregson. I was. I'll tell you what. I thought for for sure I was going to go back to back because Kevin Harvick was just very quietly, just steadily, just staying right there between fourth and seventh all race long and i thought you know what the closer's here to play and he's gonna close it up at the end of the race and he definitely did not <laughs> so my pick noah gregson uh a couple of races into his in, into actually driving for a top tier team instead of just who did he drive for before I mean, uh, what, so he raced it wasn't colleague was it uh, so it was. So he's been doing colleague uh, racing this season, just every once. I think it's like every fifth race or something. But before that, he was racing uh, Beard Motorsports, the sixty-two of what Brett mm -hmm. Gaughan used to. He, the Wendy's uh, car. Yep, the Wendy's car, all that stuff. He raced the Daytona five hundred this year. Got caught up, caught up in a uh, wreck, and it, <clears throat> I think he ran. I think two or three races in the 62, you know, having that windy sponsorship, I think it was only once, uh, raced the 62 a couple times, raced the 16 in the cup series a couple times this year. And now here lately, he's been in the 48 substituting for the injured concussion injured, uh, Alex Bowman. So now that he's got a couple of races and top tier equipment under his belt. And he's starting to get, a he's starting to get underneath him a little bit. Oh yeah. And, 11th place, man. 
It's not too shabby at all. Of course, your guy finished right behind me in 12th. 12th. So. Uh, we've been doing this like for quite a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. How like I'll finish 24th and you'll finish 25th or yeah. 13th, 14th. Now it's you're on top this time. At 11th, I would finish 12th. Well, I mean, on top, your your average finish so far is 10.8 minus 14.4. There's, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Even after that win? What win? Do you mean the first win? The Christopher Bell win last uh, last week. Yeah, it's 10.8 after this 12th place finish. Oh, no. If you get in the top 10, you got to stay in the top 10. Golly. <laughs> well, I, hopefully you don't take my pick because I have a feeling I have a good pick this week. I don't think you can pick him. Thank you. What you, you ran him already. Oh. Last uh, week. I picked Kevin Harvick. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, that's I, my pick. Interesting. Okay. I am going to go with someone who's been extremely aggressive. Not not Bubba Wallace because he ain't racing this weekend. I'm going with the 14 of Chase Briscoe. Yeah. Okay. Have you picked him yet this year before I scroll through all this? I have. Hang on. No. I Are you sure? I don't see it. Oh, no, I have not. Golly. Nope. I, I don't think not. I picked them either. I'm trying to rack my brain on some of these that. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's a good Briscoe thing. Briscoe does not come to the front of my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I was about to say it's a good thing that we haven't, but he actually did win at Phoenix earlier this season. Mm-hmm. This is why he's in the playoffs in the first place. Might be my pick at Phoenix if I can make it that far. Listen, I have <laughs> the next two races I'm really excited about because my Martinsville pick is like, uh, whatever. I think he has a shot to win. But my Phoenix pick, oh, it's a heavy hitter. If yes. Bowman comes back, I can pick him. Yeah, he's supposed to. He's slotted that he's supposed to go back at Phoenix, but who knows? Yeah. We'll see about that. So Homestead this weekend, it's going to be fun. Uh, one of my favorite tracks. You said it was one of your favorite tracks to watch, not play on a video game. Yes. I wish it was still the last race of the year because Atlanta used to be the last race of the year when I was a kid before they converted it to the uh, one-and-a-half-mile trioval. It used to look like Homestead. Right. And I personally like that Atlanta better. But that's just because I grew up on it. One of my favorite races of all time happened there. So that's probably why. It's just a little nostalgic bias. But it still makes me like Homestead a lot because of what it's like compared to the old Atlanta when I was a kid. For sure. But uh, with that, we're going to get on out of here. Uh, We're going to go through the podcast drafting partners real quick. Uh, Fully Postable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Drunk Wrestling History. I hope they had a blast in New Orleans. Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, the Lap Traffic Podcast, Jason Wolf, excellent artist. Check out his Chop Shop and his podcast, Howling with the Wolf. Outsiders Beard Co., run by Big Underscore Bane. It's OutsidersBeardCo.com. He uh, also does our intro, intro music, not entry music, like we're wrestlers. Well, I mean, PHPW was a thing for a minute. We were wrestlers. but We, we were virtual wrestlers. Yeah, we were virtual wrestlers. <laughs> But um, check out his website. Check out his music. Big, uh, Big underscore Bane on Twitter. 
Bane on any music platform, B A Y N. Uh, what's the the I my I am my my mind is gone right now as far as trying to it's drawing a blank. What is his album called? Is it the Silence in the Veil? Do what? His album. Bane's. Yeah. Oh gosh, you're gonna. Ask I know, right? Ask. I listen to it all the time, but I can't remember the dang name of it. Like here at 11 p.m. at night when I've been up since 3 a.m. Uh, hang on. I think it's the silence in the veil. No, it's not silence in the veil. It, it's something like that. No, the spine in the, the veil. Spine in the spine. I knew it was an S word. <laughs> spine in the veil. And let's not forget hey, about long live a Bane, hero's fable. Bane, that is not an indication of me not knowing your album. Because I said it right the week before. I is I am so tired. <laughs> it took me a minute because I am super tired as well. But yeah, just, just nobody will ever hear what was edited out of this podcast. No joke. Me miss messing up so much stuff because I'm so tired right now. Listen, if you want to hear someone tired, go listen to the uh, last part of episode 26, pal. <laughs> I that was a dumpster fire, but for sure, yeah, the spine of the veil. Uh, also, uh, "Long Live a Hero's Fable" is uh, what was released a month prior, and that was super good music, uh, rap music from him. Uh, also, if you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into mine. Go for it. Uh, speaking of Bane, we got Breaker and Bane's Power Hour with Brian Breaker and Big Underscore Bane. You know it's fake, right? With Brian Breaker, uh, TB Toy Cast with Brian Breaker and Travis Fowler. No holds barred with the legendary Bill Venus, and I love it. I'm here for it. Uh, speaking of legends, of course, Tales from the Estate with Drew and his wife, Caitlin. Uh, pulling up a chair with a chair shot, Tim, uh, over there. Love that guy. Rowdy Energy, the official energy drink of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Lionel Racing, the official diecast producer of NASCAR. And let me see if I have any Instagram uh, shout outs here. I think I do have a couple. Uh, I cannot find them because I actually posted like five photos on Instagram before we started work, uh, start, before we started recording and now they're all blowing up. So, uh, <laughs> Ted Kidwell nine started following us two days ago. Uh, and then I, I have no idea how to pronounce that. I don't even know if it's an actual word. Uh, Rico, Rico, yeah, Rico, Rico. Rico. Oh, man. I cannot pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. If you would please rate and review and follow us on all the social media platforms, Twitter and Instagram at In the Marbles Pod. You can also find us on Facebook. I have the link. People were having trouble finding it. There's a link to Facebook. I think it's pinned to our Twitter feed. If not, it's going to be in our Twitter feed. You could scroll through because it was it was on one of the uh, the contest tweets because I wanted to make sure that that link got out there. But I think if you search for In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan, you can find us on Facebook. You know our logo. For sure, yeah. Out. Also, you can go to whatamaneuver.net for some shirts. Whatamaneuver.net. I said that pretty fast. Let me slow that down. And uh, we have three designs right now. And... That's a great way to support the show. If you just click search by store, you can scroll down to end the marbles and there we are. And before we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? Peace, love, all the above. And we'll see you next time in the marbles.